This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about this. Hello, uh, this is Lynn of Lynn and Jen, and let's talk about sex. And I think we've got a great subject for this morning. And uh, it's really based on some interesting and exciting new uh, research that's coming out of Canada, specifically French Canada and Montreal. And there's a woman uh, called Milana Lari, and uh, she's working on in with Jason uh, Carmichael at McGill University. And uh, as really looking at the phenomena of uh, older women, older women being older than the man they're with, having uh, sex with a younger partner and what's involved in that and all of the different factors. And this uh, phenomena is sometimes called the cougar phenomena. So I think we could start with that. We're going to talk about cougar sex and do as much as we can to really explore the different aspects of it. Yeah, I think part of our goal with this podcast is to talk about subjects that are important to people and also to expand what we talk about so that we cover more topics than maybe is covered out there in the mainstream. And what strikes me is that we, our assistant, found these two articles and they were written by the same women, same woman. And it was a bit of a challenge to find articles on this particular topic, which I think speaks a lot about the society that we live in. Yeah, no, it it isn't, shall we say, the most well-researched area. And that's why this was so exciting, really, to see this area of work. Maybe just to summarize for listeners, um, uh, the cougar phenomena is often referred to as kind of a negative commentary about the woman partner being older than the man and that she would be predatory and kind of seeking out the man for her own pleasure, reasons, whatever those might be. And so it's a kind of difficult, really, process and way of looking at it. One thing I liked about Dr. Alari's work is she kind of took away the stigma and really looked at it from all sides. You know, why would the woman want a younger male partner? Why would the younger male partner want a more experienced woman? Really, what's involved in that kind of interaction? And uh, so it was exciting for me to really see this work and see it come out. Yeah, I really enjoyed being able to read both articles side by side because one of them looks at more of the cultural factors and cultural social factors. And the other article looks at the interview of, I think it is 55 women who are in these types of relationships and their own words and their own commentary about being in these types of relationships and what they get from them. Well, one of the things that rang true for me uh, was that they were talking about uh, the desexualization of women's desires and that when 
women are partnered with men the same age or older, they feel as if they have to limit their sexual desire and expression. And when they're with a younger man, that same factor is not in play. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting for me. Uh, Personally, I am older, as we talk about, um, turning 68 this year, but uh, I have uh, had a, a limited history of partners that are quite a bit younger. And starting out, I had French-Canadian partners, actually, from this culture. So, and one who was a number of years younger. And just that experience that within that particular culture, French-Canadian culture, there's actually somewhat an idealization and glorification of the older woman as a partner. And it's viewed as a, a noble achievement and a desired goal, I think, for younger men in that culture. And I, I don't live there currently in Montreal or Quebec, but I really had experience early on with it and found it really a very gratifying and very helpful, really, to a sexual life. Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to how our cultural views on these types of relationships shape the way these relationships are able to happen too. I mean, so I, I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but if not, I am married to a man who is five years younger than me. And we have a lot of conversations about what that means and what it means for us personally, but we also have to take into consideration how that is seen socially and the stigmas that are associated with that. And I, I think what I found very fascinating in this article where the women are talking about their own experience is that the researchers noticed that there was a pattern between whether the middle-aged woman was more in her mid to late 30s versus someone who was over 40s. And so we don't have a study yet that parcels out these differences. But I do think that there are that there would be more differences in terms of what it is that the male and female partners are looking for in the relationship. So one of the things that came up was that for some of the women who are over 40, they found their partner through more of like an online dating type site where it was very explicitly stated what your age is. And so you had the younger men Mm -hmm. seeking out these older women, knowing that they were older, and the women knowing that these men were younger. Whereas for the women who were in their mid to late 30s, they were actually meeting people face to face, where it wasn't always clear right off the bat that they were actually older. And It doesn't go into that much about it because that's not what this study focused on. But that was something that struck me as something that would be very interesting to follow up on. How does that age gap shift in terms of the fantasy component? And you mentioned, too, that this is relevant to your your own marriage. Yeah. I'm wondering, you met your husband when you were younger in the younger group. Right. And I'm wondering if you knew his age at the beginning or how that played into it. Well, I think that's that's what struck me is because it was very similar to how I met my husband, which was through friends. And it was actually through a, a friend who my husband is the cousin of. And I figured that they were kind of around the same age. And so I didn't know that my husband was younger than me. 
And we've talked about it, but I think that had I known his age before we started kind of spending time together, I definitely had an internal barrier around him being so much younger. I think part of it is I have a younger sister and she's three years younger than me. So thinking about dating someone, thinking about dating someone who is younger than my sister is kind of a strange thought in my head. Um, but I do think that I had internalized a lot of beliefs around like, it's not okay to date a younger man. I think everyone does within the culture. I was mentioning my own experience, one of them as a young person. And I too met the young man uh, when uh, not knowing his age, and then became involved with them still not knowing his age. And this went on for a period of time. An interesting take on it is, you know, my life has gone on, years have gone by, and I met him decades later. And, you know, there had been at that time, maybe a three-year age difference, maybe a little more. But at, you know, decades later, there's no age difference, <laughs> you know, comparably. Right. So things shift over time. They really do. And years mean different things when you're 18 to 30. You oh, know, yeah. three, five years means a lot. But when you're 50 to 70, it, it does not mean the same thing. Right. It's a major shift with all of this. But how we perceive the situation at the time is really important. Yeah, I think, too, what, what made a big difference for me is I thought about, you know, when, when I was younger, how I was in the world, I was much more naive than I think my husband is. And so when I relate to him, when friends hang out with him, everyone kind of assumes he is older and he functions kind of like he is older. So he's got his chronological age, but in terms of his maturity, I do feel that it is a really good match. And I think that as I got older, that became more important to me than just the number itself. Yeah. And we're really talking about how do we match up with our sexual partners in terms of our overall development? Yeah. You know, and there can be a really good match between people of, of very different ages. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's some of what Dr. Alari is talking about. And also with kind of the patriarchal definitions between men and women, where men have more power, they have more control. She doesn't say it directly, but the underscoring is that men really control more of the sexual relationship if they're older. Yes. And that it's harder for women to really feel themselves in that balance between, you know, a younger woman and older man. Well, that brings up what I find striking in the article, too, is about the women reporting their own experiences and that a lot of them have very high sexual libidos. And I think that goes so much against our cultural narrative of, you know, middle-aged women having zero sex drive. And these women are talking about, oh, no, my sex drive is really strong, but I don't feel that I can express it in the context of... um an older or a more age-similar relationship. It's really only with these younger men that I feel able to express myself in this way. And Dr. Alari talks a little bit about male sexual performance declining, Yeah, you know, biologically between the ages of, say, 50 and 80. 
Mm-hmm. And you wonder how many women accommodate their own sexual desires to that decline. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe lack of sexual response from a partner leads to some of what we really see with women. Yeah, definitely. I think there are some other aspects that she brings up too in terms of the fantasy component where there are a lot of younger men who fantasize about having sex with an older woman and what some of the women in this study talk about is that it feels good to be desired in that way because a lot of the men that are the same age as them are not giving them that same sort of affection or attention and so it feels good to be desired it it does feel good to be desired and to be desirous right you know to have desire yourself yes really want to use that and share that with somebody and the fact that women can be desired we've kind of known that for a while but they can have strong desires that they want to really put forward and that's okay, is really, really important. How do you think the negative cougar phenomena came about, the term, you know, cougar, and what do you think of that, about seeing women who pursue this path uh, being labeled that, Jen? I think there are kind of different components of it. I think some people see that in a positive light in terms of, you know, cougar is sort of a predatory animal, at least top of the chain. And I think some people associate that with assertiveness and going after what you want and being secure in yourself. And I think there are, there's also the flip side where it's seen as a predatory in a dangerous way type of thing. And I think that as a society, middle-aged women being sexual is seen as a threat. And so I think that's a big part of what plays into the whole concept of the cougar. Dr. Alari brings up that uh, middle-aged women are are primarily to be seen as mothers, you know, Mm -hmm. the maternal view. And uh, that is, uh, of course, seen as asexual and this very negative conceptualization. Um, Having gone through those years, mother and then grandmother, yeah. um, you never hear actually about sexy grandmothers or anything like that. But yeah. it's really, there's a desexualization that really takes place with this. Uh, but I will say that there's a lot of sexual feelings that really go on between grandmother, grandson, having lived through all of this, this whole process. And that's almost never, never talked about. So I think the idea that you are a mother, grandmother, your sexuality is skyrocketing downward with Mm -hmm. that description. Right. They're seen as inherently non-sexual roles. And so it becomes very hard for people to hold that someone can be a mother and be in charge of their sexuality at the same time. I mean, this isn't related to this article in particular, but when you look at other studies that look at elderly people moving into elderly homes, there's, there are higher sexual rates than people expect. And often people are surprised to find that their grandfather or their grandmother is engaged in sexual relationship with somebody within the, the housing. 
that's a whole topic. We should do a podcast on that, you know, and yeah. visit some of the centers here in our area in San Francisco. I was just at the Bethany Center in the Mission for uh, uh, older people, and many of them, it was for an art opening, and many of the men and women were out dancing, and it was kind of a wild evening here in the, yeah. the Bay Area. And uh, But you don't think about it that way. You don't think about the lively sexuality, really, of that group and how it's lost in our culture that labels the youthful as having so much of a sexual world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that brings up, too, that we associate sexuality with youthfulness. And so as you age, you your distance to your sexuality is supposed to kind of just grow and dwindle. But as you can see, when people have the spaces in which to express what is true for them, that's not actually what a lot of the reports reflect. And that sexuality, sexual identity is really a complex thing that grows, increases, and morphs over time. You know, whether or not you're biologically able to engage in the activities, you certainly have a vivid fantasy life and a trove of experience that's really extensive. So I think all of that makes older people really the sex experts, though the teenagers are supposed to be. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's actually one of the components that comes up in this article about the young men seeking out these older women is that they like that these women know what they like, know what makes them feel good, and that they can kind of learn from the woman and get experience from from that interaction. That's kind of the French-Canadian concept, that the older woman would provide this knowledge. Of course, they're talking about the older woman being in her late 20s or in her 30s. They're not talking about the woman in her 60s or 70s, you right. know, which is a whole different hierarchy there. But but I think it applies with all groups that, uh, you know, different age groups offer different levels of experience and involvement and knowledge. Yeah, I think it it it's very important for us to keep addressing, as I said, like I I realized I had my own internal beliefs around dating, you know, a younger man or dating an older man and and what was okay and what was not okay. And it's really in looking at some of these deeper roots of of where we get these ideas that I think I've been able to to understand more about this whole phenomenon and, and why we have these beliefs. And I think the important thing is that Everybody deserves to have a sexually fulfilling life. And so the more we can explore how can we make these situations work for people that want them to work, we can look at these dynamics and say, okay, what is preventing people from doing these things? Because the people who are engaged in these types of relationships are reporting that they really enjoy it. I think the other thing too is that the mythology around the cougar and and what it means to be a cougar, what I learned from reading this article was that a lot of these relationships where there is a younger man, they aren't just these flings that happen. So they aren't just about the sexual encounters, even though that's a part of the relationship, just like kind of any other relationship. And and so I think that it's important for us to look at what do these relationships really look like versus the image that were sold on them. Well, you wonder too about how a patriarchal model 
might try to really downplay mm-hmm. this this type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in but what's a interesting about it as you said dr alari says the average relationship goes on much more than two years it's really it's not a fling it's really right. an evolved relationship which speaks to the relationality of women and how they invest in sex when they are the older partner and what's involved with that and i'd wonder about a comparable study with older men and how that kind of compares. And uh, I think, again, this criticism is really undeserved at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, what it brings up for me is just that we really don't have that much information about it. So I wonder, too, about, you know, are there women who wish they could be in these types of relationships, but they're not engaging in them? And what are their reasons (laughs) for not engaging in them? And I think the whole patriarchal component is very important, too, because I remember when we were originally talking about finding articles for this, we were talking about how, you know, I think there, there are these ideas that we have and they seem almost comical to people instead of taking it more seriously. It's seen as sort of something to be, to make fun of. And I think it also threatens our ideas of what is normal. Yeah. And if it's set up as not being normal, even though it's really a part of our culture that we miss seeing. And, you know, women and men maybe don't say that they're in a relationship where there is a four or five or more year difference. Yeah. You know, they just kind of let it go and let people assume whatever because it doesn't feel that comfortable Mm -hmm. really to talk about it and talk about the difference. Yeah. And I think it's just one component, right? What really matters is, is is this a power equal or power sharing type of relationship? And at least from this one article I get, it seems like it's much more reciprocal than maybe some of these older male, younger female relationships. And again, brings us back to how in matriarchal systems, power sharing is more expected. And we don't see that so much within the patriarchy. So something I think for our listeners to think about, and we'd love to hear back from listeners about questions related to differences in age and relationships and what our listeners' experiences have really been in this area. Yeah, particularly if you've been in these types of relationships, we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Well, thank you. Come on. Let's talk about